Hello and welcome to the Dad and Sons Extra this week. Oh. As always. Extra. I'm here, Liam Edwards. He's not a dad or son? Well, he, he, <laughs> he's an extra. He might be an extra. I mean, dad usually is singular, then plurals. Dads and sons. I was really looking forward to being an honorary dad or son. Yeah. You're definitely right. uh, I mean, one of them, but we don't want to give away which, do we? <laughs> but it's not the beauty, like, you, you never really know. <laughs> you never truly know who is your dad <laughs> or who is your son, to be honest. We, of course, have Matt Visual, my delightful co-host and friend for life. Hola. Uh, who oh. seems to have taken up Spanish oh. this week. And, of course, yes. Gorg Wiedman. Hello. <laughs> and with us, super extra special guest for this week. Some might say he is the best anime YouTuber in the world. Factually, I cannot concern that, but I can factually say he's the best Irish anime YouTuber for sure. I don't know. There's there's some good guys out there. <laughs> Mr. John <laughs> Super Eyepatch Wolf Walsh is joining us. Hello, sir. Hello, it's it's really great to be here. It's kind of surreal because I actually do listen to this podcast and now it's like, oh God, oh. the podcast voices are talking back. <laughs> we paid. <laughs> One of them is just like snickering behind <laughs> the lines here. As always, we did pay him to say that with all of our guests. Yeah, that's going to be it. That's going to be in, in like a check form, was it? Yeah. Most of mine and Matt's checks bounce. <laughs> Definitely a check for <laughs> uh, George's is the only check. ones that get accepted. <laughs> so we're all here. We have a super special episode with our lovely friend, Mr. Eyepatch Wolf here. But uh, guys, I guess we just jump straight into what have we been up to this week? Have any of us played a video game? I, I played a video game. Did it involve romance or history? <laughs> God dang it, it's also like four years old oh god just every <laughs> check so, so george bingo you're checking all the boxes aren't you i, I absolutely am you guys uh do you guys remember banished from from 2014 or no 2015? don't remember it oh man oh so what have you been doing Liam? <laughs> oh my god how is it like Something I can't talk about if it's old when it's still a really cool, fun, awesome thing I found out about. I, I you like played this. it already. You played I, it already. I did. Okay, okay. There's a mod, though. There's a new mod. <laughs> God damn it. I'm checking off the list, aren't I? Uh, okay. So, yeah. In, in Adventures of George, playing four to five year old games, but with mods that make them cool again, there's a mod for Banished called Colonial Charters. That's not what's important. Of course, it's called Colonial Charters. What's, what's important is that it adds an Adam and Eve challenge mode where you begin a village and banish with just two people and have to repopulate the entire uh, society just starting with them. And it is really, really Boy, interesting seeing. Weird. The economy developed from that point. You 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 begin with a wait. lot of micromanagement. You got to do wait, every wait wait wait, wait, wait. yeah Adam, yeah yeah. Two yeah, I got I have some questions. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's be let's back okay, up yeah, a bit. Yeah. Let's I I'm I am open to hearing them and answering them along the way because I did, as a matter of fact, <laughs> diagram their family tree on the way through their history <laughs> and it, okay okay. So are the other villages? Or are you just there's two people? 
yeah. having babies. Those yeah. babies have sex yeah. and have other yeah. babies. The branches of this family tree just keep folding back <laughs> in on themselves. <laughs> well, I had to retry a few times because if you don't build empty houses, the kids don't don't have a place to bang their siblings in. Wow. At that okay. Point, do you like? Are they able to build farms at that point? I mean, that's a lot of inbreeding. <laughs> I know it requires like some some degree of cognition, right? But but thankfully, thankfully, the um, extra horns help with Dillbilly Town. God. Like Thank, on one hand, thanks. consenting adults, but on the other, God. Well, you you say that, and yet the game's also like got this historical bend to it that causes sure them to reach adulthood at like fifteen. Um, which, which I guess, yeah, that's, uh, that's not, that's, 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 that's not how kids work nowadays, you get to name but, but in the time, if, if you want, I, I, okay, okay, where's, where's my notes? Hang on. Where, <laughs> Geraldino and Ferdinando, um, it was Elsa and, and Geraldino who are the Adam and Eve in, in this, this generation. They give birth to, um, um. Do you know what's quite telling here? What's quite telling is generally when people have to give names in RPGs or like video games, they tend to use names they've been using for years and years and years. I would like to yeah. think that little boy George has been using Fernando and Geraldino and Elsa for like 15 <laughs> years. Like there's, there's like a Final Fantasy 7 save file somewhere where Cloud is named Geraldino. <laughs> From when George like, was a kid. Like, okay, those names are serious enough, but the town that, that this horrifically inbred family <laughs> of 30 people now at this point live in is named Dookie Land. So I decided to, wow. to have a little bit of humor for that. But yeah, no, it's like really interesting seeing how the economy to this game changes from two people to 30 people. You You begin in a very, very difficult early game where everyone has to do every job you get adam and eve to like swap swap their stations out of of the gatherer's hut to to the blacksmith to make tools to to tailor to make clothes and like during the the spring and the summer during the warm months of every year you'll have them like churning out just enough to make ends meet but the the, the interesting thing about this early game curve too is that there's no problem getting them food either it's not until you have like 30 mouths to feed in the village that it actually becomes a concern over over whether or not you're going to going to get them enough food because there's there's a a hunter and gatherer system too that's also very very generous and then g given given the recent video that i made i can't help but wonder if there's some very interesting implications behind this uh this this loop to the gameplay here if it has some some <sighs> insights to share to us about about human nature and what it means to be uh, a, a man in in the unpredictable world of of nature it is truly a god game in in the genesis sense of the word you are beginning a peoples from just two <laughs> starting ancestors and yet you have like buildings and water mills and stuff beforehand Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they 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 have some uh, construction knowledge ahead of time. Good good thing they don't have to figure. So it's more of it's more of like a post-apocalyptic utopia of rebuilding <laughs> than it is actually Adam and Eve. <laughs> yeah. Like everything's already there. They're just like, well, we just have to make incestuous babies and survive. Mm-hmm. The only problem is incest. That's like 
Well, they also, the you gotta make sure they don't starve to death or freeze to death, but besides that, the only other thing they gotta worry about is Well, I mean, uh, they're already cuddling up what happens. Wolves, so I don't think they're it's, cold. It's <laughs> such a great concept for a game, but it has just, like, this monkey's paw quality to it, where it's just like, oh, I got this fucking brilliant idea for a game, it's gonna be so intriguing, it's gonna teach you so much about humanity, you will have to fuck your sister. <laughs> it's uh it's it's really funny to me also that um that that uh actual evolution game yes came out. i was ancestors. literally just gonna say that ancestors came out this week to nobody knowing what the fuck it was yeah. patrick desai's new game or whatever a, co- a complete coincidence that I happened to be playing like like the Adam and Eve mod for Banished the same week that a game about actually. Are you gonna move on to like incestuous gorillas and apes next? Maybe I'm really curious about about that game. I, I... it looks super weird, and all the coverage I've seen of it is people being like. I don't know what this is, but I kind of love it's, that. Yeah. You know, like I, I, it has me genuinely intrigued. Because all you see is the you playing as apes, so eventually you're supposed to become human. Eventually, yeah, I guess. I guess but they, they don't get gradually uglier looking as the generations go on. Somebody like I was oh, watching man. something about it, and I think somebody spoiled it in the review. They were like, "You never actually see the humans by the end. You end up just getting on the evolutionary line that is scientifically what we found no. to be as close." To apes turning mm-hmm. into human as possible. So all you have to do is actually get to that. They still look like apes by the end. So I'm not really sure what? how much progression you do see. You could be mauled by saber tooth tiger. You know, I'm kind of glad you told me that because I would have wasted my money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? You're in it for the end game? You want to create humanity? Sure. <laughs> he wants to see that incestuous line run all the way to the end. Yeah, man. All the way to <laughs> to us. <laughs> Hang on, where what 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 are they now? There's 30 people, and I kind of stopped writing down their names after Evie. Geraldino but, the um... seventh. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait. Okay, what happened after Adam and Eve had kid had kids? Did those kids have kids? Is, is um, that what happened? Uh, no, it turns out that they had only one kid because the house didn't have room for. But four then, people. but then, ha- oh wait. no! What? So Adam and Eve grew old. They had long, healthy lives and into their seventies, but their kid was like lonely and sad and and lived alone afterwards. And I had to restart. Oh, so that's how you got thirty people. (laughs) I was gonna say, what the hell? Wow. Yeah, where did where the third generation come from? Even God makes a few mistakes every now. <laughs> Even God's got to reload a save. Maybe that's what's happening now. Maybe God forgot to like quick load it in 2014. <laughs> he's like, he's like, shit. I left the Amazon burning for too long. I don't think I can deal with this save anymore. Those guys, those those fuckers. Are well, maybe that's kind of what the what the dinosaurs were. Maybe he was like, you know what. He's like watching like a T-Rex maul like a tiny prehistoric chicken and he's like, you know what? I don't shit. I don't like this. <laughs> shit shit fuck. At least it'll give him some good Discovery Channel specials next time. Although I imagine he's looking at us now right and now. his hand fuck. is like hovering over F5. He's like, you, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> So we're yeah. off to a great start he's this like, week. He's like, shit, I've seen, 
I've seen that that anime stuff. That's getting out of control. I need. Mean, I need a, a F five this. Kengan Asura. <laughs> Kengan Asura. Who made that? No, he watched he watched Kengan Asura and his hand like moved off F five. He was like, you know what? <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's what happened. If 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 you're ever playing Civ, kids, by God, please quick save before before <laughs> they invent anime. As someone who makes his living mostly from anime, I completely agree. <laughs> <laughs> you must have to go to oh, wild shit. I've, wild I've seen shit. some things, guys. <laughs> Isn't it weird that you can say anime and I've seen some things and people are like, yeah, I understand. <laughs> the fact that we've got to that point. <laughs> some random person on the internet is like, oh man, this anime is really great. You end up watching it halfway through. You're like, wait a minute. Is this <laughs> Whoa, it's a strange turn. Whoops, I've actually been watching the Democratic <laughs> debates this whole time. <laughs> it was me, Dio. <laughs> so, George has oh. been playing old games and experimenting, as always. Uh, before we get on to yeah. me and Matt and what we've been up to, uh, John, anything you've been uh, playing this week that's been tickling your fancy? Yeah, a little bit. I guess I've been playing a couple of things. Two of them are really weird, and one of them's the big release out this week. But um, I played Sagebrush. Oh, um, Sagebrush. Yeah, it's Sagebrush. this super low budget. I think it's like made by one guy indie game, and it's like basically like a first person environmental exploration game where you pretty much it starts with you like in a car driving somewhere, and what happens is you drive to this site. And it's like this site of old, it's like an old cunt or old cults. Like, I know. I, Whoa. <laughs> I got, oh dear. Oh God. Well, guys. Are you sure you're not talking about George's Adam? He, he, no. This, this oh God. Wit over here. I'm sure that that double uh, entendre was, was nah, I promise. I think two words just got combined badly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I, I'd asked for that to be edited out, but I've listened to this podcast and I know that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody heard us talk about fellatio last week. Oh, so you drive oh, out to this old country, true. like, where it's like, oh, this is a very sad, serious game, guys. Um, and it's... <laughs> It's basically you exploring where this cult used to live and like f going through like their old diaries and stuff. And the coolest thing about the game is like the look where it's this real like old school look to it where it's Pixelated. like kind of like low res, low tech 3D, but with like modern lighting technology. And it looks fucking stunning. Yeah, it's it's got draw distance yeah. too. You can see pretty far and there's a, a lot of trees. And on like the, on the, the way the distance, kind of... Um, but... The lighting affects the world like it's kind of glitchy but in this fucking awesome way where it just looks absolutely beautiful um and it's cool but the only thing i'd say and like i don't i won't get too spoilery here but like um if you're i guess with a lot of these kind of one to two hour games especially where they're so narrative focused you're really expecting kind of like a kicker you know you're expecting to come something to come in the third quarter and really be like holy shit that's what was happening here yeah like why? Yeah, why did I? Why was I doing this this whole time? Kind of thing. And unless it's still 2012, and the twist is nothing weird happens because <laughs> you're expecting <laughs> the, video yeah, game twist. Oh, um, 
And this, like, it has stuff, but it's funny that you mentioned 2012, George, because, like, to me, this is one of those games where would have it would have, like, blown my mind, like, maybe six or seven years ago, but nowadays, and especially in the same year that Devotion came out, which was also an environmental exploration game about the damage cults can do, it did feel, like, a little underwhelming by the end. And I kind of, I think that is a bit of an unfair comparison because Devotion obviously had a studio behind it and this is just one dude. But I guess even, like, thematically and in the story and what they're trying to say, it's very similar. But did any of you guys get to play Devotion before it went down? No, we no. just spoke about it. George, you played Detention. No, yeah, I, uh, I played a lot of Detention, though. I watched, I watched your video on it. it. It's it a travesty that that game isn't available. That's my favorite horror game since, like, Silent Hill 2. Like, it's amazing. And definitely, like, Whoa. playing that, really? playing this after that, Devotion cast a long shadow. Do you know what I mean? It's, like, five books, so if this oh, does okay. sound like your kind of thing, it is cool. But, yeah. I mean, my internet is super slow, so I googled sagebush images, and I'm just looking at pictures of uh, plants in the yeah, desert. Yeah, that was right my now. problem when so... I got stuck, and I had to google sagebrush guide, and I was like, damn it! <laughs> um so that was cool um i got some other stuff i've been playing too uh i don't want to go on for too long here go ahead okay um i've been playing anodyne too oh oh um sean hadn't what's it i forget his name um really cool developer anodyne one was a really interesting game that's a that is an experience that game um anodyne one was like a Link's Awakening kind of tribute game, but also this kind of. really weird, like existential, Tricky. nearly ne- like at times kind of horror what? game. Yes, it's Very- what genre am I looking at? It's going from two D yeah. top down Zelda clone to a Dreamcast yeah. looking low poly three D. So Anodyne One was just the two D top down Zelda stuff, and this one has like low poly 3d n64 dreamcast era exploration in it and what happens is you're this robot who's just been born and you have to go around to like all these different like really weird there's no people they're all weird fucking monsters and (laughs) you have to go inside their minds and help them figure things out so outside the minds is like uh, 3d exploration and inside is this like 2d zelda like dungeon and it's fucking cool like it's mm-hmm. it's it's one of those games where it's so hard to put across the appeal until you sit down and like play it for a little bit and let like it's like the soundtrack and the visuals and the dialogue it's all very like centered it's all very silly but it's also trying to talk about these really weird things about what it is to exist and have experience and it's awesome i hope it does really well for them it does look i i'm really intrigued to play it uh previous guests and lovely friend nitro nitro rad made a video about it as well it looked really interesting um i actually yeah i actually discovered nitro rad from that episode he, he was in he's great I, I love his stuff he's a big fan of the original game and i was excited to see what he thought of I, the I, yeah, most I recent found, one i found out the original game through him after listening yes to this. me too <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um you don't need to have played anodyne one to play this they're apparently they're only like thematically linked but i'd really encourage people to check it out it's it's fucking deadly I like the idea of the, it has the the sequence of uh, running uh, of changing between the three D into the two D is like you're being 
sucked into a hole or something and you and like antibodies are trying to stop you from entering and you're like yeah. running down a highway it's so and you're like weird. avoiding the antibodies it's really w- weird but yeah. super interesting design wise totally and it's like it's only like there's there's going to be nothing else like it out this year like it's really weird it's it's fresh and it's different totally not going to be for everybody fucking weird game but it's it's cool uh, about how long do they take um, I think I, the first game, I think most people beat the first game in like four hours. I'm kind of a dummy, so it took me like five to six. And Ooh. I think this one is meant to be about six to eight. That's 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 pretty manageable. Yeah. Do you guys have that thing yeah. where like the older you get, the m- and then when you hear a game is like eight hours, you're like, oh, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm yes. 40 hours absolutely. into Fire Emblem Three Houses and I want to die. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and weeks. you've been playing that it's, for a week. And it's week? weird because, like, for weeks. people don't know, but this show, we kind of need something to talk about. At least one thing. <laughs> this is why we bring on people like John, so he can talk about cool, awesome, weird indie games that we have definitely not played. <laughs> have because otherwise, four years ago. <laughs> yeah, otherwise, I'm still stuck in the same fucking garbage RPG that I love that is taking weeks and weeks and weeks. So, like... Eight hour, five to eight hour games are literally the best. Oh, I love them so much. So good. And then other than that, yeah. I've been playing a little bit of Control. Oh. Oh, please do tell. <laughs> is it is it okay? Are you, wait, are you playing with RTX on? This is PS4 for me. Regular? <laughs> I wanna, yeah. Okay, good. Okay, good. So regular experience without all the graphics and everything. How has it been? So oh, it's tricky ooh, because like, ooh, okay, that's this is like a third person action game at its core. Like a lot of, a lot of shooting, a lot of banging. That's not really my thing, but I've always been interested in Remedy. I've, I've never played any of their previous games, but I, I think they're cool, you know? And yeah. so stylistically so far, like, I think the game's like a 10. Like it is, they are doing stuff with the visuals that feels really like weird and interesting even just like the way they use fonts and will sometimes like overlay it on the environment like you'll go into a new environment and like covering the screen will be like the research lab and you'll get like a big hit and it feels kind of like a tv show do you know what i mean yeah yeah they they did that with quantum break like the live action fmvs were yeah and they'll do a bunch of stuff like they'll they'll overlay live action footage onto the screen while you're playing it and it, it's it's kind of weird and trippy but it sort of works and i'm really liking a lot of that stuff basically the story is like you're this woman and you show up at the the bureau of get this control Ooh. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and definitely um, american yeah and it does totally have this like kind of like <laughs> americana-y feel to it where it's a lot of it's presented like a really weird like 1970s sci-fi infomercial where they're trying to explain like the existence of like old gods and these weird haunted artifacts and extra dimensional shit and i'm really it does seem quite x filey yeah and totally totally and i'm really enjoying all that stuff like that stuff's really cool but then the shooting happens and it just kind of turns into a game I feel like I've played a million times before. Do you know what I mean? Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Third person. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. 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 Like about it last week. Remedy. 
Oh, it is. I I remember Max Payne one and two being these these creative, intense, like very artistically motivated uh, uh, works. But I wonder if I'd play them nowadays if they would kind of feel like like Half Life ish. Yeah, and like Max Payne had bullet time, and um, you know, for me it was like I showed up to Max Payne for bullet time, and then like the trippy, crazy cutscenes are what like they really... do trippy, crazy environmental storytelling so well though. That's like oh, the one yeah. thread from mm. classic Remedy to now that still feels strong. Like Alan Wake had so much of it, even though it was a fairly, you know, visually standard game, it still had a lot of like weird, obscure trippiness about Remember it. Remember the, the and it's weird because with the eyeball. Yeah, it's weird because this week I was, I was always going to buy Astral Chain. Like this week, two big games come out. It's like Astral Chain and Control. And being a huge Platinum Games fan, and having a fourteen-hour flight to Seattle, I was always going to buy Astral Chain to play on the flight. But with everybody talking about control and then watching some of the stuff, because I'd kind of ignored it, because I was like, oh, for some reason for a long while, I thought it was an Xbox-only exclusive, and then I was just thinking of Alan Wake for a long time, because I'm in a, a complete idiot. <laughs> but like, I was watching next, videos of it. That was an Xbox exclusive for like one year in 2011. I know, <laughs> I know but you know, whatever. Anyway, so I was thinking, oh, and then I was kind of relieved because I was like, oh, hey, shit, I can actually play this. Hmm, do I want to double dip this week and buy Astral Chain and Control? And I was looking at videos of like the shape-shifting environments. And I'm thinking from a dev st like standpoint, that is fucking impressive ass technology and like environmental design. And I was super sold on that. Even just the way the environment like interacts with your actions, like early on you get a kind of telekinetic blast and it's crazy how much they've modeled all the different like furniture and books to like like you know if you if you use your blast on like an office table you know pages go everywhere and it reacts really really well and it's cool i i'm still early on so i'm hoping the combat kind of opens up but what i'd say about it right now is it kind of feels like a really well done licensed game for a tv show that doesn't exist so it's like Quantum Break, but... Yeah. <laughs> quantum Break. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of like mean that in like all the the good and bad ways. And I really hope it opens up because part of me is like, why is there... I, like, I know why they're shooting because they wanted to sell. But part of me is like, why, why is there shooting in this game? <laughs> like, it's... But yeah. It, I mean, I'm intrigued. I'm going to play more. And like, I'm not far in at all. But um, yeah, that's that's where I am with that. It does look interesting. Maybe maybe you can uh, inform us later on about your experiences. Yeah, I'll drop you guys a line. So me and Matt don't waste our precious money. <laughs> <laughs> I am for sure getting Astral Chain. <laughs> like, holy shit. Heck fucking yes. Astral Chain. Absolutely. Okay. Well, well I, I got to see the Early reviews, early reviews are good. good very is. good. I mean, it is platinum. Yeah, right? very, very good. Also, yeah. the uh, the... The one of the original topics I saw on Reset Error for Astral Chain, the tagline was Popo's Bizarre Adventure. So I'm totally Sold. down. Yeah, Popo's oh, Bizarre really? Adventure. I'm totally I'm down. gonna say that on my podcast and act like I didn't hear it here. <laughs> you only have to get it out <laughs> faster okay. than this episode, and you'll be done. Damn it. Damn bi weekly yeah. schedule. Don't worry. George George takes ages. You might be okay. 
it takes like two days and some change usually unless unless we we have a, have tech a, a technical difficulty because of <laughs> shitty laptop <laughs> oh, 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 oh real quick speaking of uh other games because we're on like for a record five games in one episode that for us is like surprisingly uh, on brand i don't know what else you've been playing matt but we've both uh, been playing the dragon quest 11 oh the nintendo switch yeah is it really 10 hour like ser- yeah. for uh, did i Oh I'm my god! I am three and a bit hours in. So it's how really did they get away with that? Because it's a fucking hundred-hour RPG. They, they want you to I, play. I, do what they want. Are they assuming that that if you play a ten-hour demo, you're invested at that point and you're gonna want to 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 buy? Probably. Matt, Matt, for posterity's sake, what was your percentage yeah. before I told you about the demo in interest in percentage? Like the thing is, you told me about it. And you didn't tell me that it was like the better version, yeah. the definitive version, and everything like that. And I looked all that up. So you planting that seed got me really interested. Like, oh, they added voice acting, they fixed some issues, they added better music. Uh, the music is an improvement, even though I didn't oh, know the, that the, the music in the PS4 just that the music <laughs> for then. Yeah. The music so was garbage. good now. <laughs> Midi ass bullshit. Yeah, I heard. I was like, that Ooh. rat bag of a composer. <laughs> Someone did a side by side. They disabled Spotify on it, so you can't even Spotify your own music <laughs> over it. That's what a vindictive prick the guy behind the music of Dragon oh. Quest is. He's such he's a the dick. worst. Like I've, he is the worst. Like uh, honestly, if you're listening to this and have no idea, just trust us. He is a massive homophobic, oh, he, racist, uh, sexist weirdo from Japan, and he's like. 97. For a second there, I thought you were calling out him. Really? Like, if you're listening yeah. to this, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> if you understand Ego, you... <laughs> How are you guys enjoying it? At first, it was a little shock. <laughs> Very classic RPG. The graphics look oh, kind of shitty. No, I'm no. Like... <laughs> they look great. What are you talking about? I think they look good, too. The popping, oh, the grass, okay. or like <laughs> razor blades for okay, my okay, eyeballs. No, fair, fair. It's like, it's just, this, this is coming from the guy who asked you, yeah, were that, you playing that's control why. with RTX on? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yep, yeah, okay, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I usually play long games on PC. I'm, I'm not usually, because I want to see it in like full yeah. HD and stuff. Like I, I, don't, I don't want pop-ins or anything. Um, but you, you forget about it. The PS4 version did look amazing for Dragon Quest XI. Did they look good? Right. I figured. I, I, I figured if I got on PC, I, I would like it, but it's not yeah. the definitive and version. And admittedly, the Switch version, in my opinion, looks better when it's in handheld mode, for sure. Yeah. I don't usually put my Switch mm. on TV, on a TV much, unless I'm playing Smash. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta play it on a TV. Yeah. Final Destination. Uh, to beat George. Only. Yeah, <laughs> because uh, Liam is annoying. <laughs> <with projectiles>. um, <laughs> true though. <laughs> but after a while, you forget about the graphics. Yeah. Of course, just like any game. Like if it's not that bad, then it doesn't really matter. It's just like a shocker when you you know you looked up like videos of this, and then you look at it at your at your Nintendo Switch screen, and it's like looking jaggy but um yeah it's 
it's pretty fun. I thought it was going to be like the dumb Japanese story thing, but there's a lot of good. Uh... This is a ha- like I'm surprised at how good the writing is. And as soon as I started, and I heard like the voice acting and being British. And hearing the voice acting, mm. sometimes, especially like when I remember like the first time I played Dragon Quest Eight, which had voice acting that was British and stuff, it was kind of grating. But this one is so well written and so wholesomely charming. I'm like, oh, I love all of you. It's, this is adorable. What is with that, though? The crikey thing. It's, like it's American people writing British like, dialogue. Ah. Uh, like I don't know about you, John. Does it like get on your nerves at all, or are you uh, like? Ah, it this it is does cool. get on my nerves a little bit. But granted, I think part of that is I'm just so yeah. used to American accents yeah. from games that when it's anything else, like if this was Australian, yeah. I'd be like, "What the fuck?" You know? <laughs> yeah. First time I played Xenoblade Chronicles, I was like, "How the <laughs> fuck do I mute these?" <laughs> but like these guys, that's just I don't being just being raised on american media and being so used to hearing it you know like after after like 20 hours i, I didn't yeah. really care anymore it was the it was the luminary's mum yeah who sold me oh she's great like yeah, i was like fine cool. and fine and then when i met oh. his mum and i was like oh my god it's just like my real mum some of the akira toriyama designs though and like i appreciate the toriyama's getting up there he doesn't want to be doing this stuff anymore. But sometimes, like, a character will appear and it's like, dude, that's <laughs> literally just Dr. Jiro from Dragon Ball Z. Like, it's, it's, ex- it's, and it's not, oh, there's a similarity. It's, it's that. <laughs> it's like, he took Dr. Jiro and just drew a crown on top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. All the respect in the world to the man. Dr. Jiro but, was like, yeah. the tricky demon reminded me of that. Yeah, yeah, imagine. Yeah, he's. D- imagining Dr. Jiro with the like Mark's uh, funny nose mustache goggles is, is, <laughs> is a good trip. Can we talk about like how. Yeah, like the hero- hero's friend is like Super Saiyan. Um, the Super Saiyan Blue. Super Saiyan yeah, Blue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what it's called now? <laughs> Super Saiyan Blue? I was like, oh my God, this guy's powerful, man. Are you referring to Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan? Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan. Yeah. I, I, I would God did come up in my head but I was like I think I think at some point they're like it's because they um, had rose and all sake, that we'll just call it Super Saiyan blue <laughs> blue oh yeah that's, that's right that's right gold freezer coast I will call myself gold <laughs> freezer <laughs> gold gold freezer <laughs> <That'd be great. laughs> yeah good movie not the not as good as the, the Holy new shit, one. Yeah. Holy oh shit, God. that's a good movie, though. That is a good movie. But c- I still haven't watched a Broadway. Oh, movie. dude, Jesus, it's it's yeah. very good. I, let me let me put that in my bookmarks here. Um, but one thing I did want to bring up that I have noticed in recent games because I was so incredibly incredibly frustrated with this in Fire Emblem ha- Three Houses with long ass story RPGs. I cannot deal with silent protagonists anymore. Yeah. It is so frustrating in games like Fire Emblem Three Houses that is all voice acting and Dragon Quest XI, which is like now like 60% voice acting at least from what I've seen so far. Having just silent protagonists nod or have blank expressions like Fire Emblem Three Houses is fucking awful for it. Like no emotion, no emotion whatsoever. I mean, it, it, 
like 30 hours in ties into the story but from the get-go from like the 30 hours before that you're like why am i playing this fucking jackass who doesn't say or emo in any way shape or form and now playing with the dragon quest 11 character and having played smash brothers as well with him and it's kind of like well i can kind of forgive him because he has a lot of facial expressions but if you're gonna have every character voice act then do the main character as well like ugh. is it laziness or you know that's just the way they do things. well it's rpgs isn't it it's naming your character it's the complications of you are role-playing the main character. You get to choose your name. And in Fire Emblem Three Houses, they can get away with it because they call him the professor all the time. His name doesn't mean anything. Like, you can name him Shitbag. They <laughs> it, they will always call him the professor. I, I don't know, but it's really grating these days to play. It it cuts my personal immersion I think that's the, quite frequently. That's the thing with yeah. Dragon Quest XI. You have, like, it is an old like old school rpg in like all the best and worst ways mm. yeah it's weird because i was looking at the reviews for astral chain and they were saying that you choose between one of two twins the male twin or the female twin to be the main character and then the one you choose is silent and then the other one then becomes fully voice acted but if you choose that one, then the other what? one becomes fully voiced. It's like, well, if you have a male voice and a female voice and they both talk, if you're the other one, why can't you just make both of them talk no matter which one the player is? But Liam, you oh. got to feel immersed. You got to feel like the character is a representation of your You're the hero mind. now, Liam. <sighs> you. <laughs> I want to be a police officer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> whoa whoa let's clip that i want i want that as my ringtone <laughs> editor edit that out please no nope nope keep that in <laughs> yeah it's just it's frustrating but uh, aside from that from what could be seen as a petty squabble uh drank was pretty good pretty fun so far <laughs> yeah, I, I don't understand why you can move oh. in combat. I really don't. Oh, I turned that off straight away. Yeah, it just annoys the hell out of why? me. You you can turn that off in the options because it literally does nothing. I think it's to trick children into playing Dragon Quest. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. their master plan. It's an action game, guys, and it is weird because it no. probably worked in Japan. Oh, God, the saddest thing is that I feel like that trick would have worked on me. It worked on me for like for like an hour, and I was like, "There's gotta be like a a skill that goes inside of like goes in a line or something like that." And you're supposed to line up the the enemies. Nope, nope. And he saw me on on Discord. Like, what the hell's? Why can I move? Yeah, I I did the exact same thing. I can't block. I can't dodge. I can't do anything. <laughs> I, I'm missing something because you have to press like the attack button for you to attack like it doesn't just automatically pop up like it would like there's no gauge to see when you're gonna attack next is is that just me or well it's it's like well it's turn-based isn't it it, it essentially is no, just turn-based i think there's something that happens where it'll tell you the next enemy attack enemy attacking i can't remember how that works though yeah but yeah other than that like the game is pretty good like uh 
finding oh, the forging so fun building gear and like that's yeah yeah like that that's that feels rewarding because you get to explore you get to find these little um treasure chests with lots of ingredients a lot of recipes and you just sit down build gear and then you're like overpowered for the boss it's satisfying the forging minigame gets like surprisingly deep like by the end of the game you have about maybe 20 different kinds of hammer bashes you can do it's it's really involved and like if you want the best gear you really have to be so careful about it it's cool it's it's really good and i've been enjoying it uh i watched tim Rogers' kotaku video review like when the ps ps4 version came out and uh basically him saying you should play it like a bedtime story and play it for like an hour in bed on the switch is basically what i've been doing like an hour just in bed so beautiful lights off like someone's reading me an old fairy tale. It's brilliant. <laughs> I could get ten days of of bedtime, an hour long of Story. bedtime gaming out of just the demo. Yep. Yeah. For Holy free. crap! And your save transfers. And it lets you replay the demo for multiple sessions. Ah. Uh, yeah, and it has three save slots, so you can play the demo for thirty hours. I guess it's the last game you'll ever need. I mean, I've played 40 hours of Fire Emblem. I feel like I've exhausted all of my willpower. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm scared to buy it. Wait, it comes out in like a month. I know I'm going to be I'm stupid scared, and buy it. I think that's the thing. It's like 80 hours, right? Yeah, something like that. The base game took me about 60 hours. And then credits roll. And then literally you mm. go to continue and there's new story cutscenes and new story and everyone's like let's go to this weird fucking tower and it's like okay and i put it down at that point because i wanted to play other things but it was good like it's it's cool i hear that the most interesting part of that game is post credits oh god oh why and is this is the the last version so I'm definitely uh, after that. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna be so stupid and I'm gonna buy it and never finish it. That's what's gonna happen, isn't it? Same as always. I don't want to do that. That's why I'm scared. Yeah, but you're I'm good at finishing games, Matt. That's how adults play RPGs. Yeah, I know. That's a problem. That's a problem. I, mean, I don't want to finish an, an 80 hour game, a 60 hour <laughs> game, whatever. I don't. That's a lot of time. It's a lot of time. I heard Astral Chain was like 20 hours, and I cried a little bit. Like. <laughs> like double that's like a little bit over a double of what like the regular yeah length time i get like 70 percent done if i started immediately on my flight to pax and then as soon as i got off i'd be near the end maybe it's the only reason i haven't played persona it's the only reason yeah but that just takes the piss wanna... that goes on forever and ever and ever i beat that game last month yeah. i bought it when it came out <laughs> <laughs> and played it one oh, hour every no. day. For- <laughs> Never playing that game. I don't have enough time for that. <laughs> I don't even know if it was worth it. I just, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Persona Five. Yep. I played twenty hours of the Japanese version. George when- is never gonna play that game. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kind of like shaking my head, trying to to keep things flowing. I. <laughs> I played 20 hours of the Japanese version when it came out in Japan a year before. And then it got to a point where the kanji was way too difficult for me to read. So I gave up and I was like, I'll wait for the English version. That'll be great. Well, the English version played the same 20 hours and gave up. (laughs) Besides all that, besides these really, really long Japanese games I may never play, 
Um, Liam, you had a segment in mind that, that, that I maybe do. I can wake me up here and get me more involved. I've been intrigued by this surprise segment. I, I, I think I know what it is. So, no, no, you don't. Is... No, you don't. <laughs> this was well thought out. It was as well thought out as what would George do, uh, which I yep. took me five minutes to think of. I knew it. No, it's not that. Oh, it's Don't not that. You... No, it's not that. God damn it, you got my hopes up. We still haven't answered the questions, dang it. We'll have, okay. we'll have right, that right. episode. We'll have a recall episode on that. Would George really do it? What would, yeah. <laughs> what would George really do? Part two. A month later. Okay, yeah. <laughs> no, but I wish I could have, like, some fancy music. But just imagine the Netflix logo appears. Boom, boom. We have our super wonderful special guest who has brought so much joy for the past 47 minutes already. I'm so sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking of special one-off segments we could do with John here. And I was thinking, of course, we could do like anime-based ones, but that's so fucking obvious. What if we are the Netflix boardroom? Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I am the head. And I'm saying to you, my directors, what is your favorite anime? Because we're making a live action version of it. And you are gonna cast it using real life actors. You have to ruin your favorite anime series. This is the thing. Like my instinct is to think of all my favorite animes and then just put them behind a massive fence and never mention them <laughs> in this meeting. Cause <laughs> dear God, I don't want to see Jonah Hill play Yusuke <laughs> in Yu Yu Hakusho. <laughs> oh no. So John, unfortunately people know kind of generally the ballpark of what your favorite shows are oh. because you literally <laughs> talk about them. So you can't get away with it. Why? Whereas Matt and George can t- oh, kind of hide it a bit. I mean, George can only pick from two anime. <sighs> Fuck it. Like, okay, Hunter Hunter and the goddamn child from Stranger Things. I don't know. <laughs> I So we'll go we'll go around first. Okay, we'll go okay. around. So I wait, hate the goddamn child from Stranger Things. I don't know the I I don't know how to differentiate those children. The one with uh, the braces. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the awkward kid. The curly hair. Let's call order to the meeting. Let's go around. Okay. So, John, first you tell me what your favorite anime is, and then we'll go around to the other two, and then we can start casting okay. each one. So, John, which one are you going to choose? I love Hunter Hunter. I hope we do a really good job. This yes. is this upsets me because Hunter Hunter is my favorite as well. But let's go around. Yes, we'll go to Matt next because Matt watches more anime than George. George needs time to choose between the two he's watched in his life. Hunter Hunter is dope. Uh, Full Full Metal Alchemist. Um, both of them are pretty dope. I I'm down with both of them. Uh, Brotherhood. Or okay, so we're so, we're gonna make a live yeah. action version of Full Metal Alchemist. Japan already did it, but we're gonna make a shitty Western version. George. Well. The Japan version was shitty too. I'm, yeah, okay. it was. I'm gonna ruin FLCL. Oh, oh, oh. I'm so sorry. I, you said the oh. favorite, the favorite anime. Okay, so it, it, let's break some ground rules. Ooh. Obviously, we can't cast every character in all of these. So we're gonna choose like maybe like five of the main characters. So like Hunter Hunter, I guess like Gon, Killua, Leodio, Kurupika, and maybe like some other minor characters off that. Like uh, the best man in the world, Hisoka. Oh, 
and maybe some others, but let's like choose a couple. So if we start by ruining Hunter Hunter, then we can go down the list. So, John. Okay, let's go for Keanu Reeves as Hisoka. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't watch Hunter Hunter, I Wait. promise that was that was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, George. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Anytime. George, Google Hisoka and then Keanu Reeves and see if you can put the two together. Oh god. So so Keanu Reeves would be wearing clown makeup? Yes. I guess. Uh, oh, you gross. just don't know. So George. John uh, oh John, would you like would you do any character changing of Soka for Keanu Reeves? Get rid of some parts? <laughs> no. I can safely say I'd leave everything exactly as it is. <laughs> and at some point <laughs> we're gonna say to Keanu Reeves at the start of a fight that we need to strike him a to strike a very particular pose and that we'll do the rest in post. Yeah. It's really important he gets into character that he really, really, really likes this one yes. child. Oh God, and it's fine. <laughs> it's grand. There's, it's okay. And it's fine. It's it's not sexual. It's yes. about power. It's about Yeah, it's like power. it it's it's, okay, it's so like eighty percent not sexual. It's totally fine. <laughs> so George, imagine that picture. The camera Keanu. going straight up his nose. So we we got we got Hisoka. Like, <laughs> let's try and cast Gon and Killua. Oh, I don't know a lot of little child actors. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Can we cast them as adults? I mean, kill maybe teenagers. I'll push. Okay. I mean, Gon seems younger than Killua, so maybe I mean, Killua could be a little. A, bit older. She's a girl, but Millie Bobby Brown, eleven from Stranger Things, make a good Killua. I think. Yeah, I think, I think so. I think she'd kick ass as that. Um, as for Gone, I don't know. Macaulay Culkin, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm trying to think, yeah. Who could play Gone? There aren't many standout child actors apart from the Stranger Things cast, I guess. What if what if we make what if we make everyone else live action but Gone CG? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do a King yeah. and Astra, but live action. I think and that anime. would work really well, definitely. <laughs> Anita, Anita, dude, he she <laughs> Gon could be Anita, Anita's angel or whatever uh, it's called. Anita Battle Angel. You never, you oh yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, Battle Angel. Ah, mate, uh, gotta add some spiky hair. Yeah, yeah, it's all CG. Oh, it's we could CG. bring the guy who did Goku in Dragon Ball Evolution back. With, no, with the same no. with the same wig. Shut with the up, same man, wig no. he used in Dragon Ball Evolution, whatever it's called. Oh my god, he was terrible. What about Leorio? Leorio is a bit Adam easier to cast. <laughs> no, that's that's pretty good. I'd watch that. Yeah, I'd watch that. And finally, maybe could have picked up. Oh, tough one. There was a very androgynous person in God damn it. Sabrina the Teenage Witch Netflix documentary or documentary show. <laughs> they are already in like the Netflix family. And so we could probably get them pretty, pretty easy. Okay. So we have to find out who yeah, that is and then sign yep. them up. Sign them up. Okay. So we got Hunter Hunter cast. We have Keanu Reeves playing Hisoka. We have the guy from Dragon Ball Evolution playing Perfect. God. 
Perfect. <laughs> Millie Bobby Brown playing Killua. And uh, Leorio is Adam Driver, which, to be fair, is a pretty damn good casting. I think he'd look dapper in a suit and he'd those look glasses. Great. And then some actor from something in Sabrina Witch from Netflix Perfect. already. Okay, here is $50 million. Signed okay. up. It just goes Ready to show go. that Hunter Hunter is so good, you can't even ruin it. It's just always going to be great. <laughs> you can't you can't fuck it up. I mean, once we get to casting like uh, the Phantom Troop <laughs> and like, then we get to like the Chimera arc and we got to cast like all of the Chimeras and we get to like put on some prosthetics on some really famous actors. That's when it's going to be amazing. Yep, it's going to be dope. Oh, it's beautiful. Okay, so moving on. Next in this boardroom. Matthew. So we've got Alphonse and Ed and Winry and like... Alright, hear me out. Edward, Peter Dinklage. <laughs> <laughs> With him doing like alchemist symbols on the ground. And and Al would be The Rock. Okay. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> All-star cast, baby. But wait, is it just The Rock's voice? Probably won't go right. Well, I'll start guess. Wait, wait, is it just the rock's voice? The, 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 yeah, yeah, the big We can just we can just armor walking fine. around. <laughs> Actually, what if it's just the rock but he's only wearing the helmet? But they they never they never acknowledge it and they never change the script, so it's like, "Oh, this body of steel." <laughs> he lost his he, he lost his fleshy body. It's just it's just the helmet and he has like he a little wife beater and some shorts. A terrible accident. Body of steel. <laughs> what about uh oh like uh mice hughes and uh what's his name fire dude roy mustang i i fucking love the mental image of peter Dinklage yeah. and the rock like walking through the desert and the rocks just got the helmet I, on i think i i think i just i just watched a series of 12 episodes of them two just hanging out this sounds great like it could actually really work yeah. Like I, you'd you'd piss off the fan. It'd be like the Netflix Death Note movie, you know, just just a great comedy. It's you just a very what? unfortunate like naming and, and branding. Come on, we need some Roy Mustang and Mice Hughes and stuff, and Winry, of course. We've got to have Winry. What about Bill Skarsgård as as Roy Mustang? As Roy? Ah, I can yeah, see yeah. that. Yes. I can see yeah. that. He's the guy who plays uh okay. It's, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is, yeah. Oh, oh, can I pitch in uh, <laughs> as the uh, board director and say, if we're going to have Bill Skarsgård as uh, Roy Mustang, can we have his best friend uh, Bill Hader as Mice Hughes? As uh, uh, who? Bill Hader as Mice Hughes, the guy who gets killed in the telephone box. Spoilers, sorry. Oh, <laughs> oh snap. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Right, I, you know, for Scar... I don't know. You know, I I could see I could see a buff Oscar Isaac playing a scar. I could see that. You could have that guy who played a a, a saber tooth for whatever his name is, the Wolverine films. Oh, by the way, Oscar Isaac is like the the pilot in Star Wars, right? Um, in Star Wars, uh, but I know him from Ex Machina. Ex Machina. That was that was such a good film. What about what about Winry? I don't know. I don't know. A blonde girl, like, mm. yeah. No, she's, she's such yeah, a generic, good like, nondescript this is a supermodel. Character, though. This is this is Michael Bay it up, you know? Supermodel. Megan Fox. Any supermodel. <laughs> All star cast and then random hot girl. 
<laughs> Megan Fox in a wig. <laughs> so we got Peter Dinklage, The Rock, uh, Bill Skarsgård, Bill Hader, and Megan Fox. This is so, it's pretty big dick to swing around there for the Full Metal Alchemist movie. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> okay, so we have two movies upcoming in 2020. What's what's our 2021 FLCL big hit? Oh god, I'm so sorry. It's like it's so easy to imagine FLCL getting ruined by being turned into a oh, Malcolm in the Middle style teen coming of age dramedy series. So you want Frankie Muniz to play the main character? Yes, yes. <laughs> like modern, we'll, we'll modern go back day in time. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, okay. What uh, we have to, you know what though? If 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 we if I'm not allowed to time travel and get like circa 2000, 2001, Frankie absolutely Muniz. Not. Okay, then we're gonna have to settle with with modern day Frankie. <laughs> okay, uh, I, I gotta look this up. I need to see. I need to see what we're dealing with here. It's uh, it's it's gonna, gonna be a trip. He kind of looks like, like Sam Lake or Max Payne. That is a, that is quite insulting to Sam Lake because he's a handsome man. Anyways, um, he looks very similar right. except he has stubble now. <laughs> He grew up. I'm thinking that that our uh, wild card, uh, seductress love interest who motorcycles her way into this kid's life should um, be, in order to make it appropriately cringy and, and ruin it, they, they should be giving off some Roman, Romana flower vibes from... Scott Pilgrim. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. She hasn't been in a movie since, I don't think. Yeah, but but this is like my 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 perfect mental image of actors who who uncannily resemble the characters at play. You know what, though? I don't know if their chemistry is going to be as good as Peter Dinklage in The Rock. Do you want to just get them back in? <laughs> yeah, let's just do Peter Dinklage. We already have their, con- their contact info from the last film, so like it saves <laughs> which, a ton of paperwork. Which, guys, I just got the telegram in. It was the most watched movie on Netflix of all time. It overtook Bright as the most watched Netflix movie. We're in business. Done. We did it. Oh, Netflix no. no longer needs The Office. Old media is dead. The future Half is now old man. The <laughs> That's going to kill me. Well, well soon they're going to be watching the FLC on Netflix reboot. Anyways. <laughs> eight seasons. Who thought? But yeah, I'm, I'm picturing like, like an eight episode long miniseries with uh, uh, Scott Pilgrim crossed with Malcolm in the Mechs vibes. M- Malcolm in the Mechs? What did I just say? <laughs> <Malcolm Anyways>. In- <laughs> uh, occasional bits of like live action rotoscoped anime, uh, very, very musically driven. I, um, I can't stop thinking about Malcolm in the Mechs. That should be our next project. <laughs> Malcolm and in like, the Mechs. Malcolm, it's, it's like a dark sequel to Malcolm in the Middle where everything's gone wrong. <laughs> neon, neon Genesis, Malcolm in the Mechs. So basically the continued adventures of Frankie Nunez. <laughs> he is like a racing car driver, isn't he, or something? Like he tried his hand at that for a couple of years. Maybe this is his natural progression from... He looks very excited in every single picture that's taken of him. He Holy cow. He should be. He's fucking Malcolm in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> He's about to ride in mechs. Look at how happy this guy is. Great. That was a great show. 
<laughs> that was a very good show. Always grinning for the camera. Wow. I've, I've actually been re-watching Malcolm in the Middle over the last couple of weeks, and that show holds up amazingly well. What are the is it like that we're watching Malcolm in the Middle is in it... 2019? Is it... It's 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 true. I've uh, you can check my own podcast for proof, but yeah, <laughs> I, I won't question that. I'm not the boss of you. Is it, isn't it like? Isn't it like this weird, chilling thing where you go back and you watch it and you realize just how fucking great Brian Cranston is yeah. at everything? Oh, yeah. That's that's where he got his big start, too, isn't within, it? Within, like, I swear to God, a minute of him being on screen, you for- yeah. completely oh. forget about Breaking Bad. It's insane. Oh. Wow. He's oh. so good. He could be the dad in FLCL too, because isn't the dad kind of a? He has some hijinks. Oh, and isn't there a granddad as well? There's there's some silly perverted dad who makes silly perverted dad jokes. Brian Cranston isn't that perverted. I don't know if he could play a perverted character. I don't know. I've, I've seen I'm I've sure. seen some interviews with that guy. And <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> Even with his he wife standing there, loose. he gets loose, dude. Okay, sign him up. Yeah. Sign him up. Okay, so which of these movies do you reckon would be the most aggravating to the uh, <laughs> wider anime community? I'm thinking Oof. Death Note levels of hatred. People, Do people still hate the Netflix Death Note movie? Do people even think uh. about the Death Note movie? I remember being such a fan of Death Note that when I was 16 years old and in college, I remember streaming the Japanese... Uh, live action Death Note on a college laptop, being like, "Oh my god, live action anime!" So I was, I was totally the guy in my animation course at college who'd be like, oh, "You haven't read Death Note? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna write your name in my Death Note." I reckon the Hunter Hunter one would cause a lot of anger. I mean, it's yeah. it's the FLCL one, which seems like it would be fairly standard, innocuous, arty, outsider art type. Live action. The FLC one, the FLCL one, I could kind of see happening. Yeah, but I just gotta say that there's no way either of them are gonna compete with the Full Metal with... Alchemist. Yeah, like I feel like Matt's already been paid oh, two good. billion absolutely to make the sequel. That 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 is such a good pairing. Yeah. The Hunter Hunter one, I think, would cause angry. Like I'm already angry. In terms, you see, in terms of outrage, I think the the casting of the Full Metal Alchemist is so good that people will be like, "What the fuck?" And then they see the poster and they'd be like, "Oh, cool. Oh yeah, it's, it's the Brahma Bull. <laughs> yeah, with the helmet. Oh, Peter Dinklage with a metal oh, arm. I would pay money. Oh. Well, this is what we do here at Netflix <laughs> and Sons. I do want to bring up. Uh, this is on Netflix. Uh, uh, Netflix No Chill uh, segment here. And uh, this one's very cringy. Like, very, very cringy. Okay. A friend told me about the Fire Festival mm -hmm. and how Hulu and Netflix, yeah, put out oh, I've, I've watched you know, this. films on what happened to the Fire Festival. It's like this big party that crashed and burned like a couple of years ago. And I never really knew about it much. You know, I heard it in passing. Watching this, oh my God. I watched the Netflix version. Um, uh, it's called Fire, the greatest party that never happened. You just put fire in with a, with a Y instead of an I, and you'll find it. This fucking film. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Matt, you know that bit where he's just like... <laughs> 
Listen. Yes. Oh, we need you I, to take one for like, the team. Okay, okay. Before before you <laughs> you say that, before you say that, because that poor man, you need to sorry, lay some sorry. foundation. All right, like because it builds up to some of the most. It, it gets worse because you're like, all right, already this is kind of cringy. Like the first scene, right? You see a drone shot of the Bahamas, and then you see like uh, some NFL guy that I don't I don't know NFL stuff. They're, they're talking there, him and Billy, which is the guy who made Fire Festival, were having a conversation. And it was the most cringiest conversation. Like, it was just, he was paid to do it. It was the weirdest thing, right? And then you see Ja Rule pop up. He's a, he's a fucking idiot. Like, it, <laughs> I love Ja Rule back in the day, you know, listen to his songs. <laughs> um, all features, probably. But he's, like, so glad to be noticed. He's extremely happy. During this whole film, so like he's like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm a uh, 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 an icon, you know. We're coming together with Billy here to create this uh, website and 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 do this big festival and you know have a party on Bahamas. It was it's just weird, all right. Then the editor in for this film is leaving in all these awkward shots of them talking, just like. Billy with weird awkwardness with Ja Rule and stuff like that. If you don't know Ja Rule, he's an old hip hop artist. I feel like I feel like George is scratching his head right now. Like who's who's Ja Rule? Let me like quickly type it. You keep saying how in the world would I not know who Ja Rule is? He was like super popular when I was a kid and when you were a kid when we were kids. To be fair, I am impressed George knows. I, I just gotta is. Google what, what song it is that would refresh my mind. I don't know the name of the song, but I know the name of the guy. And okay, so I'm like already this is this is like ten minutes in and it's already hard to watch. Uh, they do this shoot, right? Because they're making this website that you can book like talent, like high grade talent like Jaru and stuff like that and your birthday party and stuff like that whatever but they want to have this fire festival right to kind of promote that like the website is the main slice but the the party would be like kind of promoting their website because they use fire to to do it blah blah, blah. they had this shoot with these the top supermodels right they're spending a bunch of money getting these supermodels and jaru is like saying like, oh, chase me into the water for the last shot. And like, they're all partying, they're all drinking. Jaru is constantly getting people to drink and they're all saying this shit. They're all saying like, people are, are, are going ham and telling the truth of what happened. And they have footage of it because they've been recording. So I don't know how they got the hands on all the footage and stuff. I'm guessing the people who worked for him, like, you know, they toss out the footage because it's, it's so weird to get an insight of what's happening. So if someone telling you a story, you're actually seeing what's happening. It gets really weird later on when after everything mm -hmm. is said and done and there's basically a section where they're just like we're going to commit yes. more crime now but we're also going to yes. film that too. He says film everything. <laughs> All right. Billy is ridiculous. Billy deserves to be in jail. He deserves he deserves a lot. Um, if you watch this film you'll understand. I want to say a quote. All this to say a quote uh, from Ja Rule. He says this line. I, there's more to the quote but he says um in a room filled with all the, the supermodels that were like giving him weird faces <laughs> saying like, why would we chase you? Like literally in the film, like it's so awkward hearing people just like, just, just, just outright say no, you know, to him. It's like, come on, Chanel, 
like chase me into the water and she's like uh no and it's like a close-up shot like from the office it's nuts <laughs> and he says while they're all in the group let's party like rock stars and fuck like porn stars he says that that comes out his fucking mouth <laughs> all right look all right all right and there's a it continues to get worse I'm gonna tell you one more thing before we get to what John was talking about. I don't like that's that's like near like midway, I would say. Oh yeah, that's right. This was a, this was an hour and like 30 minutes, wasn't it? Jesus Christ! All right, there is this guy who was supposed to be flying people in a private jet of flying people to the island, and he says that he just got his license six months ago, right? And you see him in the plane getting ready to fly it. And that he learned how to fly using Microsoft Flight Simulator. I can't. It's so ridiculous. The stuff that happens that you think it's a joke. I'm, I would not be surprised if all this is a joke. And wasn't it all a pyramid scheme? Like no, none of the acts ended up showing up and everyone was stranded on this island. It was a huge, massive, embarrassing millions. disaster that cost millions, millions. right? Millions. And I actually saw this documentary a while ago. The thing I remember most about this documentary is how the interviews are filmed, how the people are looking like right straight and center into the camera. They're not looking off center. And a friend of mine was filling me in on uh, some oh. some popular documentary filmmaker back in the Iraq war days who figured out this technique where uh, you can get really creepy looking interviews if you have your subjects talking to a monitor instead of to your own face. So that way you uh, can have the camera pointing directly at them without without having anything in, in between the two of you. And it makes them always look really intense and really personal. That War Games documentary is great. Like, it's 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 powerful, powerful very stuff. very good documentary. Yeah. I, I, I highly very, suspect very if the same technique was used for this, like, silly, whoops, no one showed <laughs> up to the fire festival. festival. Oh, so Jesus Christ. There's this like I think he's like a a CEO or so he's like uh Andy King, I believe his name. But he's like he's he's yeah, I think so. He's like the guy who's like in charge of like coordinating everything and he's this like older business dude who's probably been involved in like, you know, dozens of companies, so much like life experience behind him. And at some point Billy tells him that a bunch of water is held up at customs and he needs this guy to take one for the team and go down and suck the custom executives dick. He says, <laughs> you are gay, you're our gay leader. That's what he said. And like, look, I get that the dude's gay, but if things are that desperate, I don't think his sexuality yeah. matters. You know, it's like a anyone can suck yeah. a dick. I don't understand why Billy didn't go in there. He cares about the project so much. Billy should yeah, have gotten that's... on his knee. Yeah. And you know what? If he had done that, I would have been like, you know, that that Billy is a dirtbag. But when it came down to it, he did yeah. what he had to do for those people. <laughs> He didn't. But he didn't. 
Can you imagine that was why you were ostracized from society? It's like, what happened to you? It's like, well, my life fell apart after a bunch of water I ordered that I held up at customs. And I had to ask somebody to go suck a dick to get it released. Oh, and the guy, the guy doesn't have to do it, which I'm so glad about because I felt I so bad. I can't believe he, I can't believe he was going to do it though. I couldn't believe yeah, he was actually going to, oh, come, come on, man. dude. I think at that point, he was just so exhausted and shell-shocked from the yeah. whole thing. I mean, he laughed about it. So, I guess... Well, what else would you do? Somebody's like, dude, the water held up in customs. Can you take over a team and go suck a dick? Ma- imagine that, like, we're shooting the Netflix yeah. Full Metal Alchemist and The Rock is refusing to come out of his trailer. <laughs> and at some point, George comes up to you and he's like, Matt... <laughs> We need to take one. Oh, dude, I would do it in a heartbeat. You know? <laughs> oh, oh, me too. Yeah. It's like, Brock, this has been my dream for since you've been on WWE oh SmackDown. <laughs> since you beat Triple H for that. <laughs> I have always smelled what the Rock is cooking. Hey, Matt. Oh, can you smell? No! So glad I'm I'm so glad I'm part of the worst episode you guys have ever seen. <laughs> you know, I think we reached a new whole new bar. Thanks to the Fire Festival. I think uh, you mean we lowered it down so deep <laughs> into takes... the core of the earth we can never recover. All you had to do was bring an anime YouTuber on. <laughs> it's fine. We're just gonna be left with a very core small audience. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, shall we take a break and ruin this episode some more with some news and some user questions Vegeta full-blooded super saiyan heir to royalty destined to rule the universe his ruthless fighting skills are feared by many you should know better than to oppose Vegeta and he's taking all covers don't ever try to stop me Dragon Ball Z, weekdays at 5.30. Power up. All And I'm surprised you're all still here. Welcome back to the Dan Sun Show. <laughs> this week with us, we have our extra special guest, John Wolf Walsh. Let's do some more stuff. George, what have you got for us? We got time for one big news story, a complicated saga about the troubles of our time and how not to do PR and video games, which is seriously happening every freaking thinking, dinking week. Ah! Oh my God. Okay, so what was it? Two weeks ago, it was Ooblets. Last week, we didn't talk about it, but there was a, a kerfuffle with the Apex Legends team. This week... Ion Fury is is a game that's that's getting in a lot of news media trouble for uh, poorly handling offensive content within the game itself. Okay, I'm gonna start us off at the top. The game comes out on August 15th. It's a um, retro throwback shooter that is working with the build engine from Duke Nukem 3D games, working with a character who is like a, a Bayonetta style, what if Duke Nukem were a girl character. We're already like like immersing ourselves in the trash from, from 20, almost 30 years ago. 
And the game has this, this wonderfully mature sense of humor that renames a hand soap bottle you would find on a bathroom as, as an O-gay instead of an O-lay, right? right? Good one. Yeah, childish rock star style mm. double entendre humor. In an out-of-bounds area that uh, you cannot normally access through gameplay, there are some nonsense terms just floating around. One, one of them is, is the infamous three-letter slur um, used to, to historically refer to gay people and also firewood. There were some screenshots taken out from the, the game's public discord in which some of the developers were talking about, about SJWs being angry people because complaining on the internet feels good and how oh, trans yeah. people are mutilating their perfectly healthy bodies. <sighs> Whoa. Yeah, di didn't exactly uh, shine shine the brightest light. You know, not not some of the worst stuff we've gone through on this podcast, yeah. like like straight up the white supremacy in, in the Morehouse fan community. I mean, apples and oranges, it's still the same ties it's, and bullshit. It's more, it's more casual, but it's pretty fucking heinous, some of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So this was brought to light, and, and they decided to be a professional big company about it and release an apology and promise to donate $10,000 to the Trevor Foundation. The publisher, 3D Realms, said to Eurogamer that 3D Realms has taken pride in empowering marginalized groups, as evidenced by our strong female protagonist and the makeup of our team. Moving forward, all 3D Realms contracts will include terms which will allow us to sever relationships if a contractor does not abide by our zero-tolerance policy for hate speech. The developer themselves said they're implementing a zero-tolerance policy for this type of language, including mandatory sensitivity training, patching the language out, and donating that $10,000. So then about a week passes, a week of negative Steam reviews showing up that are blasting the game with negative reviews, which Steam is supposed to have a system now set up to prevent, but... Go figure, it doesn't actually work in this case. Excerpts from, from the outrage preceding their, their apology, content patch removal, and donation uh, includes language like, I won't ever support a company that caves into the cries of oh-so-oppressed boo-hoo snowflakes. Ah, snowflakes. That wonderful word they love so much. Speaking of, of fragile, easily offended snowflakes, the game's Steam rating drops from 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 universally positive to to mostly positive and then on august 26th the company decides to backpedal almost everything they decide to say that they're backpedaling everything but not absolutely everything gets backpedaled on august 26th Voidpoint releases a statement saying, We will absolutely not be censoring Ion Fury or any of our other games now or in the future, including but not limited to removing gags such as gaming's most controversial facial wash. They are dying on this, this O-gay hill. However, they didn't mention this, and it still happened behind the scenes. The uh, floating slurs floating around in, in behind-the-scenes areas did get quietly patched out and removed. They're still going to be committing to that $10,000 donation. And now there's a new round of negative reviews on Steam <laughs> that are now, like, making the score of the game go even worse with language such as I will not support transphobia and homophobia in any way, and for the first time in my life, I've requested a refund for a game. Oh my uh, 
So this is just like what not to do in, in, in video games PR in, 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 in the wacky, wild, horrific nightmare world of, of, of living in a universe where social media exists. This is a, a hilarious comedy of errors, if it wasn't real people, about how, I mean, I don't want to say literally the worst, but basically they're doing almost the worst every single time they get, they get a chance to actually commit to... To even a direction here. I don't really have any sympathy whatsoever. I think it's like, <laughs> it feels deeply insincere. Like on all fronts for three. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah. And like bringing censorship into it. It's like, what's happening here isn't censorship at any point. Like that's not, like if an <laughs> external party came to them and said, you need to remove those from your games under like great penalty and they did it. Sure, that's censorship. But when people say, hey, you've done a really fucking stupid thing, maybe you should think about that. That's not censorship. And like for them to frame it as that is like, oh, fuck off. I feel so bad for whoever actually wrote the 3D Realms statement. I mean, I don't know if the individual human genuinely believes this, but an actual human wrote down the following words, quote, a portion of our community made it loud and clear that they felt that removing O-Gay was censorship and should be protected by free speech. No one was going to arrest them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It doesn't clearly state in whatever amendment is that if you name a product O-Gay and it's a parody of Olay, you are protected by rights. <laughs> By your goddamn gun-toting right. When the founding fathers given, were created. <laughs> given the subject matter and the styling and, and the aesthetic callbacks of this game, everyone should have remembered. From... It's weird <laughs> because it very much isn't sincere. Like, you can almost see between the lines of what the timeline was. People found out. People got angry, rightly. Uh, then 3D Realms put pressure on the developer to change it because 3D Realms obviously don't want this PR nightmare. Uh, whether it's genuine or not, they just want to get rid of it. They obviously then came out with something, like a statement, deal with it, say they were going to change it. And then as the developer has now shown, came out and was like, no, fuck this, because I went through some of the retweets about this with people calling out the developers and the guy was straight up answering them being like fuck you i don't care like this is censorship what are you gonna do your social justice warrior douchebags and it's like yeah of course this is the type of person who wrote this shit in the first place like you're just an asshole digging yourself into the ground given the whole that at least the 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 shallow ditch if you will that this game would have 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 been existing into and calling back to anyways like come on how many years ago did you play walking dead on telltale and see that little pop-up message that said silence is a valid answer (laughs) fair point (laughs) like with with this kind of game you're gonna be because george there's another one that says the gaming community will remember this if they remember you saying nothing at all, then then how good's their memory gonna be? Because if people find stuff like that and you don't respond or do anything, then you're just you're you're ignoring issues. I, I I feel that in this situation they should have made some ground rules fairly early on not to not to engage with the community in terms of 
of of marginalized identities and and, and politics beyond violence. But just don't put homophobic content in your video games, for fuck's sakes. Pre- prevention yeah. is all, is the best medicine. Yeah. And like, if you have a Discord that's open to the public as well, and people are saying hateful shit in there. Like, if you're in any way a public figure or, like, a developer putting a game out, that's that's going to reflect on you. And you have to be very aware of, like, what kind of image, like, you want to put out there. And it was, like, that to me is still, like, kind of the darkest part of this all when you saw those Discord logs and just seeing the yeah. kind of just dehumanizing fucking hate they were putting in there. It was awful. So one interesting angle that I have seen crop up during these scandals that I first saw during the, the, the Ooblets fiasco was maybe developers and slash or publishers should be allocating a moderator budget, have an actual full-time, maybe among your, your community manager staff, like, yeah, have a full-time community manager, full-time moderators. <laughs> Don't speak officially that on, 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 your, your official public discord that casually. No, because it's weird because like, whilst I understand what you're saying, you're then attempting from a publisher or developer standpoint to essentially uh, filter out your developer's true thoughts and intentions. And I would much rather just have a developer who is a homophobic fuck put shit in his game, get found out, and then know to never buy that dickhead's game. Like, I would rather that happen than for 3D Realms to catch that before anybody else does and be like, ooh, let's chill out on that. You can have your thoughts and feelings, but let's just chill out on that so nobody starts up a PR storm. I would much rather find out who these people are and just avoid their work and have the larger gaming community know about what their true feelings and intentions are towards certain minorities and uh, sexual orientated people then them get PR'd, then them to hide behind PR walls and stuff like that. I, yeah, yeah you don't want to, I don't want to say that like ignorance excuses it, but sometimes you got to wonder how much is um, ignorance versus maliciousness. Like, I think there was one comment that I saw talking about how the game did not have a, a feminist agenda slant to it, but the whole premise of, of having... Having your your badass, foul-mouthed, homicidal action hero be a woman, and that's the the knob like that. There is still a feminist slant to that. Like I don't know if they know what what they're saying. Yeah, it's it's in, intrinsic. Like it has to be. So yeah, you you would not come up with that idea unless you were already working with 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 a male archetype you're responding to. So yeah, I I I don't know I. I think that, that that a possible solution is having a bigger PR budget for things. Maybe, maybe have have publishers expect this and and send people on. I I don't know. It's 2019. We're figuring out all of these bullshit problems as we go along. We but don't. On, know. on one hand, Liam, like I I, I kind of get what you're saying, and like I agree. Like I'd never want to support someone who's like anti, you know, is a homophobe or transphobe or anything like that. But then on the other hand, as well, like. Yeah. When I think of my gay friends who like play games, I'd much rather them have to not live in a world where this kind of thing is common, where they're like it's you know what I mean? I yeah, yeah agreed. My 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 youngest brother is gay as well. And he's not your atypical what people would expect. He's not very camp, he's not very 
overly gay in any way, shape, or form. Oh, but for him yeah. to like, you know, have to play games and just even potentially stumble across something like that and be like, oh, and then go on Twitter and for him to be like, hey, look, I really like your game. Uh, but, you know, this is kind of not cool. This is not offensive. I want to, you know, support your work and I enjoy it, but this is not cool. And then for the devs to ha- come out with like an insincere apology and then to w- track back on that and then to be like, well, fuck you, you social justice warrior dickheads. Like, well, you can't censor us. And it's like, come on. Once anyone uses that word, it's hard not to start judging. Totally. It's a weird world we live in now that we that we talk about this on a weekly basis. Yeah. Varying forms of it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard so much about a game <sighs> and know so little about what it actually was. Because there was... <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I knew about it other than this was before it was called Iron Fury, it was called Iron Maiden, and then they got oh, sued... Yeah. By Iron Maiden. They can't catch a break. Man, more innocent times. <laughs> Imagine being sued by Iron Maiden. You'd be like, fuck yeah, we made it. <laughs> <laughs> it disappoints me because this is a game that I, I genuinely am actually interested in. I, I love me some Duke Nukem. It sure as hell, would, don't get me wrong, it'd be weird as hell if Duke Nukem actually came out nowadays. But it's, uh, it's, it's uh, someone born 30 years ago. It's like hard for me to just not play Duke Nukem. <laughs> it, it appeals to my sensibilities, I guess. For guns, right? That game has a great shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the I, other stuff, I, okay? <laughs> I, I think I am more of a Duke Nukem kid than a, than a Doom kid. If, if I had one game to bring to me on an island, let's say. We've talked and about it this, had to be. Yes, it ha- if it had to be either an old Doom game or an- a Duke Nukem 3D game, I I would pick some wad or or one of those eDuke files to to bring with me to the island because that shotgun feels better than the Doom shotgun. <gasps> Anyways, now that I'm gonna get crucified. Speaking of crucifixions, yes, we have some public punishment and humiliation to deal out with from our our servants. Children, our subjects. First listener question this week comes from Thomas P, who says, "If you could take an art style out of any game and apply it to any other game, which art style and game would you choose?" Cuphead, Street Fighter. Oh my God! Oh, I was gonna say. How do you just snapped that out? I was gonna say Guilty Gear Street Fighter. That's way better. (gasps) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, might fit the budget too. Get 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 the Skullgirls team to do it. Yeah, hand drawn, man. Holy shit! How do you top that? <laughs> you just came up with that, and that's a really good one. I mean, as soon as John said "Guilty Gear" as well, I'm like, fuck, like that, that and maybe another game, My like an action really RPG. Sad answer to yeah. this is give Street Fighter Six the art style of Street Fighter Alpha. <gasps> that would also be good. I, I I like I'd love Street Fighter Alpha Four. Like that's what I want. Yeah, I'll be down for that. Sounds like we we like uh, good hand placed two D art here yes. on this podcast. Heck yeah. I've been playing a lot of Guilty Gear recently as well. Man, ugh. 
I love Guilty Gear, but I'm so Ugh. trash at it, and I just I don't know if <laughs> so I'll ever be good. <laughs> I, I I like I play it, and I'm like, oh, this fucking one-eyed samurai is awesome, and then I get bodied mm-hmm. for ten matches, and I'm like, haha, yeah. I like Guilty Gear. Yeah, it, uh, as I mentioned a couple of episodes ago, playing in a Japanese office with people who go to the arcade and play literally Guilty Gear against really yeah. good people, I am the fucking worst at this game, and yet still. It's so much fun to play oh, and look at and cry this, over. Um, there's this announcer in the FGC, Majin Obama, and him and this other guy have this amazing like spiel on what it is to be Japanese playing Guilty Gear. And they have all these amazing terms like you take that coin and you put some soul on it and you fucking put it in there. And it's, it's, I'll, I'll link you guys. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I, I sometimes I listen to it and then I go work out because it gets me so pumped. <laughs> I need to do this. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, Matt ruined that question. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry. There's plenty of other good ones to pick from, like I was super thinking, like, hot art style and some weird yeah. thing. I was thinking like uh, Wind Waker art, but something completely different to the style of Zelda game. Oh, I. How about Wind Waker art? Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> wow. I can picture that. George, would you be down with that? Yeah, because for stealth gameplay, you want like nice, clean, iconic representations of, of whatever state of alertness the guards are in all I the time. I mean, the first like dungeon for Wind Waker is a Metal Gear Solid. Oh, yeah, there is totally stealth in that. That's the, the, the one... Every the single time in the history of human... Of, of humans at all every single time anyone has played wind waker they've sat down for a really long session and then taken a break at that part yes because they've been thrown into the prison like four times (laughs) i was i was thinking of doing something with jet set radio i and and i i i I would like to see the art style from 13 slapped onto more things specifically stealth shooters and there's one that it would make a great match for from uh, the turn of the millennium called No One Lives Forever. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's a deus ex style almost. Not not as open-ended or RPG, but a, a espionage first-person stealth game. And having a, a more cartoony art style, it's it's comedy. It's a comedy game, too. There's some genuinely... That's, that's the, starring the starring the lady. Oh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of... of lady protagonists and in, in fps games yeah yeah having a, a reboot of a no one lives forever game with some lively cartoony archer style cell shading would be would be great fun that's not the austin powers looking 60s one right yeah yep. that's the one oh, yep yep the so PS2 imagine an austin, yeah I remember. an austin powers like like first person shooter with a with a comedy cell shaded cartoon style that that makes it look like a episode of archer it's weird you were thinking that like yeah because i was thinking of something like the opposite side of that but in the same tandem of a james bond style game in dishonored style artwork hmm so so like re- regular shading but everyone has long faces and anatomical weirdness like yeah yeah that weird artic like an, a strange off-brand you know how Gold and I had like superimposed faces on uh, all of the characters, <laughs> kind of like that, but yeah. dishonored artwork. I I could picture that a, a Bond villain would be a lot of fun to see with a completely cartoon anatomy, <laughs> and James Bond just blinking all over the place. Wingry Cross asks, 
What does considered indie and which considered dojin? What? <laughs> okay. I'm 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 assuming that what they mean here is what does it mean to be considered indie or for Japanese artists dojin? Oh. Well, what's 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 the line that we differentiate? Why? I why think John probably is better at handling this question than me. Uh, well, I think it's from what I gather, they're asking like a general question in terms of like when do you, when are you Indian, when are you not, or just Japanese like Dojin, like which is a interesting, open ended, inconclusive yeah. question that I'm sure we could get. In, some... For me, in regards to Dojin, Dojin usually refers to artwork that is made to do with right? already existing yeah. IPs or oh. or property that already exists. So if you're making a Dojin of like. Fire Emblem. Well, it's not indie if you make a game because it's already a intellectual property that exists. Yeah. Tends to be the line that's why people call it like da 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 doujin or something like that. Whereas indie, of course, if you make your own game, it's your own artwork, blah, 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 then I guess it's an indie game. It's interesting though, because like, say a company like Supergiant, um, like when they released uh, Bastion, I would have considered them an indie studio. I wouldn't. I wouldn't yeah. now. But Warner Brothers, right? <laughs> I, I I remember when when indie games first started popping out. The definition that I was using at the time was, "Oh, they're independently published." But nowadays, yeah, you can have a game like Bastion. People will still call it an indie game, but it was published by Warner mm. Brothers, like a. But you wouldn't major... say like I wouldn't say Remedy, for example. Speaking of Control, are like triple A. Yeah, nowadays, I don't know if I like using the word indie. I'll still do it out of habit, but it's more like I'm trying to figure out where the line is between AAA and whatever anything else is. I mean, Q, like, our studio, Q, we have, like, 50 people, but we're technically an indie studio. Like, we make indie games. It's it's weird. It's such a weird line to draw. So, so I heard a podcast a few years ago, uh, the Super Best Friends cast, where I think... Since they had worked in the industry, I'm assuming they're going to know better than me. Their definition depended on the marketing budget. A AAA game, according to their terms, if I'm remembering it right, was a game that had a, a big marketing budget from the publisher's yearly efforts. And if they put enough money down to be on like cable television commercials, then that means there's enough money being invested in the game to consider it a triple A. So does that make something like No Man's Sky when it originally came out a triple A game, even though it was made by like 10 people? The lines are weird, but also No Man's Sky had that Sony funding behind it. So I don't know if I would want to call it an indie game either. Hmm. And and as for for Jojin stuff in Japan, I wonder if it's actually easier to differentiate over there, where there is actually less of a of a indie low budget art scene. Where, oh no, that's where definitely the not corporate true. world is more dominant. No, that's definitely not true. There is a huge indie scene here, but like Dojin, I think for as far as I understand it, and John seems to as well, is that when you make something that already is off the back of an existing intellectual property, then that's ah, what it's called. Yeah. It's like a so fan. That's qualifier. It's like a fan game. Fan so art. like, like original, but original works made by fans that are independently published. Are they still called Dojins? Uh, well, if they're their own IP and their own artwork, maybe that's indie. I... Like they could still be part <sighs> of like a Dojin scene. Like back in the day, uh, yeah. Clamp 
got started because they kept making like a lot of comics about Jotaro and Kakuin from Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. And no fucking yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Really? And, That's how clamps And died. then eventually they were just like, you know what? Let's change the hair, change the names and start doing our own shit. And it was still the, I guess, dynamic that people liked about like a romantic relationship between jo- uh, Jotaro and Kakuin, but it was now original characters. So, but it was still in the doujin scene do you know what i mean and so yeah it's yeah. It's, it's it's weird yeah so it's weird i guess it's just weird <laughs> it's it, 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 it's like all like kind of discussions about like genre and stuff like that where it's like there's no real line at the end of it <laughs> oh yeah video game genre discussion has gotten really interesting over the past few years because so many genres have really molded into into the open world action game and now i'm I'm seeing like some really weird postmodern conversations on on Twitter about how maybe the concept of genres themselves are are oh, outdated. Kind of there. I'm one, uh, one of I'm the most infuriating there. arguments I ever had was with a friend at a party who said that Pokemon is not a JRPG, and we ruined that oh. entire party for everybody. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what? what? We should have known about this before this episode. It seems to be a, tri- a trail with you, John, of ruining. Yeah, okay. That's if, now you if, know. If if this is an <laughs> argument that that person actually brings up, then they're not fun at parties oh, anyway. So no, no. Should, uh... well, no. Hang on, that's not fair. Neither of us are fun at parties. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But who? I mean, I'm assuming it wasn't you that started the argument over Pokemon not being a JRPG. No, but this is also a person who really likes to fuck with me. So it, it, <laughs> for anyone who listens to the boss cast, it's Neve from the Let's Fight a Boss cast. Yeah, it was no one won. Everyone oh lost. God. It was... It's bad news. See, I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue about that, but I would argue about the pronunciation of Pokemon with George at a party for sure. Pokemon. <laughs> I just want to point out that last week right. a fan sent us a discussion about what our favorite 2D platformers are. And oh, oh, did that start something? That's we couldn't decide if 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 uh, pre-Metroidvania Castlevanias count as platformers, if Super Metroid counts as a platformer. I, I just don't know if I'm ready to, to cause the hurt and the pain in the world that, that what I would cause if I called Super Metroid a platformer. D- that was last week. I yeah, That was last I'm, week. Yeah. But um, the line is blurring. The limit of everything for me is like, if if you say like, oh, it's, you know, it's it's a Dark Souls game, that it just gives you a general impression of what the game is like. When you start drilling down into it and getting specific, nothing makes any sense anymore. It's like, it's like you know, yeah. when scientists <laughs> really, really dig down into like the physical properties of light and it starts to get really abstract and philosophical. That's what genre is. <laughs> How do we know that gravity exists if that's the only way we can reliably measure time? No, it's how do we know time exists if gravity is the only uh, proof that exists? Oh no! Stop which, it. Which makes those photos of the black hole really weird. Yeah. Next question. So yeah, we're we're cutting short on time here, so I thought I would uh, uh, shift out to a very uh, small, simple question. Eyepatch Wolf might might have some insight for this one. This this is something I've been curious about myself, but it's specifically aimed at Liam. Oh. Fred S oh, no. asks, how does programming code look like in Japanese? Are file names and variables written with the Latin alphabet or in English, or is everything in Japanese? 
God, this is not a question to ask me. Uh, as far as I know... How is it adequate? You were game developer with Japan! As far as I know in regards to what I have seen, uh, Japanese programmers will program completely in English code because functions and statements and variables and everything will be written in English already, especially if you're using pre-written libraries that you import into your classes or code or whatever. But a lot of the time they will comment code in Japanese and then they will save files in Japanese. But for the most part, it's all English language based as, as you can imagine, like it's hard to talk about code as a language. It's its own language. It uses pseudo English to break down stuff. So not really. They write in Romanji letters, Romanized stuff for the most part. As far as I gather, someone might have a better understanding than I do about that. There's there's so much to unpack here because um, Japanese game developers are, are infamously... <laughs> usually bad at english um but code is not writing english it's writing yeah. a sequence of stuff using letters and all keyboards in japan even japanese keyboards have english romanized and letters on them we don't have to do that they have to learn a whole new alphabet to code and i'm i'm sure a lot of it comes from education anyway which is just weird for me to think about as an american because we don't have to like, we are not pressured yeah, into learning other languages. We are. Like, and in Japan, there is so much English everywhere. Like, signs and, and textbooks and uh, TV shows. There's just English everywhere. So it's like they see the letters all the time. And some people just have no idea what it means. It's so weird for me. Like, you got to think back hard about what your earliest childhood memories are like to to know what it's like to, to look at Roman letters and just not know what they mean. And I, I'm fascinated by trying to put myself in those shoes and actually do technical computer work in a in an alphabet I don't understand. That's that's a mind trip. Well, it's like learning a language, isn't it? I guess if you're programming, you've you've just learnt a language. And you've learned to write in the alphabet. <laughs> and as an American, I I can guarantee you I've tried like three, four times. I don't know. It's just like learning a language, man. If you're learning Japanese, you'd be learning hiragana and katakana and kanji. So <laughs> we're so stupidly and we're so dumb. I can't believe I didn't know Greenland was part of Denmark. <laughs> <laughs> I was tweeting about that, and there were Scandinavian fans who were saying, like, yeah, no, doesn't it say that on maps? No, it doesn't. We live in a different reality from the rest of the world in so many ways. No, you live in an American reality. And and that reality is breaking. <laughs> it's quickish. The lines are crossing. Speaking of, like, anime and stuff like that, and this question, John, have you ever attempted to learn Japanese? Never. It's about one of the only, really? like, classic weeaboo things Weeby that things. I have not done. <laughs> <laughs> wait wait have you have you gone to japan yeah i have so you you learned some on the way like like picking it up no, um i mean no, like George. like i can be very threatening because i can repeat all the lines from japanese fighting games but that's about it <laughs> let, let's let's get one let's, let me put you on the spot let's get one <laughs> Holy cow. And what does it mean? I don't know, but Akira says it in Virtua Fighter 4 Evolution. Yeah. 
Oh man, those are the best, man. Street Fighter Alpha. Having people just repeat enemy lines all the time is both funny and also just strange here. I, I was about to like say, oh, well, that won't get you very far. But as I remember it, if you did that in a restaurant, they'd probably just like laugh and serve you some noodles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or just have no idea what Virtua Fighter is and think you are attacking them. I did have a really great exchange with a, a Japanese waiter. Um, I brought a Vegeta t-shirt to Japan. And then when I got there, I was like, oh, I can never wear this. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that happens so much <laughs> and then like the last night we were there i i, I was like all out of t-shirts and so i had to wear it to this like really nice restaurant and me and my partner were there and we had a great time and then when we were leaving like uh, a waiter walked us to the elevator and then he just kind of pointed at my t-shirt and then he kind of pointed the palm of his hand to the floor and he just goes Big bang attack <laughs> I loved that so much. Oh, he was great. I get to talk about dumb shit like this every day. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> I was talking, we were trying to design something today, and the only way I could describe it was the Yamcha in a hole death <laughs> visual. And I was like, yep. I was trying to explain, and, I, and my Japanese is failing, and I was like, like, you know, when you slam in the ground and you make cracks, you know, like, like a crater. And I was like, what the fuck is Japanese for crater? And I was like, I have no idea. You, you know, like, you know, when <laughs> Yamcha is like dead, like Yamcha, the Shindetne. And he's like, ah, oh, and I'm like, that, that one. And we Google image it. And he's like, yeah, 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 so this net. And I'm like, you got that. Everything's good. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Life is weird. Everything's good. Life is good. Life is okay. Life is is at least okay here here on the dad. And this Sons episode cast. has been at least okay. Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks so much for for showing up and coming on, Ipatch. Oh, my pleasure. Genuinely, I I had a blast. The first host that's been on time. <coughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. On time! Oh! <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry, I had to get that out. Be oh, before You're good in my book, John. <laughs> John, before you go, before Matt dies of coughing, let the let the lovely people know who have listened so far, if they don't already know who the fuck you are, where they can find you and stuff like that. Okay, you can find me at Super Eyepatch Wolf on YouTube, and then I also host the Let's Fight a Boss video game podcast. It's the world's strongest video game podcast. Whoa. Oh, oh wait. That, oh, oh so, yeah. Words. I mean, you technically win. We don't actually talk about video games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it usually takes us a good 40 or 50 minutes to get there. Oh, man. We, we wholly <laughs> understand. <laughs> We're, yep. we're, we're we're a personality driven comedy podcast with, uh, <laughs> with game theme i don't know wait no i know what what to say in this situation i just think that like uh genres and labels are are, are limiting elitist <laughs> instructions and, uh,